Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And today, we, you get a twofer in our series. Uh, our, we have yeah. two series that we're going to be uh, putting this episode into. We're going to do a classic Beatle gig. And it also is a put him in the movies. And that's uh, and it, it all kind of lines up, Chris, because it's 50 years ago as well. So we are going right. to be going to talk about the concert for Bangladesh today, one of the most famous, iconic concerts and then films in Beatles history. I guess a three for if we consider the album review, too. Oh, well, that's <laughs> so. true. Yeah, basically we'll be that, too, as well. <laughs> this kind of came up, Dave, because I was watching that series, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. I don't believe you have Apple TV+, Plus, Dave. No. Is that correct? No, but I guess well, I'm going to have to get Disney+, Plus soon. We'll talk about that well, later, yeah. but... Yeah, we'll talk about that. But uh, uh, Apple TV Plus has a a new music series. Of course, I you know as soon as I saw oh a music document eight part music documentary series, sign me up. And it's called 1971, the year that music changed everything. And I was watching episode one, a lot of John Lennon in episode one, and also a lot of uh, George Harrison in the concert for Bangladesh came out. So I was like, well, oh, we ha- we need to talk about Concert for Bangladesh. We we did briefly talk about it, I think, years ago. We were talking about live albums of the Beatles mm-hmm. and and solo Beatles, and I think it I think it was sort of briefly touched on then. Probably talked about a song or two here or there, uh, but but famously in our little uh, picture, uh, <laughs> we've got a couple a couple of great shots. Uh, one, of course, is George in that white, beautiful white suit. Yeah, yeah. With and the little another, Krishna symbol. Uh, on that's the, right. Yeah. And another's uh, Billy Preston with his legs kicked up. Yep. As he's yeah. dancing around. <laughs> so, but we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that because it's a great thing to cover, I think, here on it this is. anniversary of, of uh, Concert for Bangladesh. Well, it's a really important concert for a lot of reasons. I think the first is it was really the first concert for charity that of any scope like that now it's a dime a dozen any big event happens and you have a whole bunch of celebrities get together and and do something and do a big concert uh there'd been huge concerts before obviously like woodstock or monterey things like that but not for charity so that's one of the big changes here and so that that stands out also the fact that it's the Beatle you least expect to be doing a thing like this. You'd expect John and Paul to be the ones who would head up a big kind of concert as the marquee names. But in this case, it's George Harrison. And then he gets help from Ringo in the back. And that that's also a big deal. And George, as we know, we've seen the videos, he was he felt flattered and he was very nervous about being the star or being the, the marquee name. So what does George do? He calls in some chits here and brings in a whole bunch of supporting cast, which are some of the greatest names at that time in rock history. So, Yeah, started, I think, by calling his pals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you get easy commitments probably from Billy Preston, uh, from Ringo. Ringo was, uh, I guess, uh, off filming uh, one of his movies that nobody's ever heard of and <laughs> or decided and and decided to uh, like leave filming for a couple days to go 
participate, so that's great. Did you hear the story, the rumored story, that he got a commitment from John Lennon? Yes. But on his insistence, it had to be with no Yoko. Right. And John goes and tells Yoko this, and it went over so poorly <laughs> that, that that Lennon had to leave town. Yes. And I remember reading in a book a long time ago that George asked John if he would play. He said, yes, that'd be great. And then he said, well, is there something Yoko could do? And George, the line that was in this book said, George told him, yes, Yoko can sit and enjoy the show in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so as you say, that was the end of getting John involved. And then, of course, there was no way Paul was going to do it because there was too much litigation and too much uh, suing each other at that point. Yeah, the sue me, sue you blues. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about litigation and, and oh, not yeah. just litigation, but things being held up as far as the money yep. towards the back end of everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so, but uh, uh, one person he called up did commit, and, <laughs> uh, but d until the mo moment he stepped on stage, they weren't sure he was coming, and that's Bob Dylan. Yep. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like the stars aligned for this concert because you had the worries about Dylan, who was kind of he's in semi retirement, sort of, or he hadn't been performing anywhere for quite a while. He just did kind of one off gigs. And then you have EC, Eric Clapton, who was having some serious heroin withdrawal and drug problems and yeah. and in the the documentary to the 2005 dvd which is uh, the the most recent one we have there's a uh, there's a story where george keeps saying oh he, they booked a, a flight for eric clapton for a week to come in and every night we thought oh this is the one he's coming in on this is the one he's coming in on and then they'd go to the airport and he wasn't there and, and then eventually he had a backup plan to use Jesse Ed Davis to learn all of the guitar parts from Taj from Klaus. Mahal. Yeah. From Taj Mahal. Yep. From Kla and Klaus Vorman was helping him. And then fortunately Eric shows up and that we'll get to Eric's contributions later. Cause there's some, some funny yeah. stuff in there. So, yeah. Uh, so they did get Eric, but uh, uh, I think initially they had thought, oh, maybe we'll have Eric sing one of his uh, hits. Yeah, he was going to let it rain or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then they were like, uh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> That's a bad idea. <laughs> not, not in shape for it. No. So you've got all these people. And again, like I said, the theme for this for me is that the stars aligned because they, this it all started with Ravi Shankar talking about the war or the 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 fighting in East Pakistan, which is now Bangladesh, and mm -hmm. the, it became a liberation or a, a revolution, independence movement. And there are all these people dying, refugees, and he asked George if he could do something about it. So he, he makes the calls, he get, organizes it, they decide on New York City, Madison Square Garden, and guess what? There's only one day available. August 1st is the only day that it's open, and so that's when they schedule it, 1971. They, they, they run that by their astrologer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they check it like the like Ronald Reagan used to do <laughs> with checking the numbers with the astrologer. That's and right. Sure enough, it worked. So yeah, pretty incredible uh, sequence of events. And so they they did two concerts on the same day, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. That's right. And they also filmed it. 
Yes. And uh, apparently Alan Klein was in charge of the filming portion. And, of course, as everything Alan Klein didn't really do so hot. <laughs> Earlier show, uh, they were like, the filming's the most important thing. So they told him to turn all the stage lights off. So there was no stage lights at all. And it was just the lights for the filming during the first part of the show. And then the second part of the show, they had the lights. But a lot of the footage, like, apparently a lot of the footage is so poor Hmm. that they, like, had to, during Wawa, there's a lot of, if you really watch it, there's a lot of, like, cuts. Yep. And it's like, they're not quite playing what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, Because they had to, like, really cobble it together for the film. But I do believe that the film turned out pretty good. Yes, it did. Yes. And most of the performances were from the evening concert. They said that uh, when in the interviews that the, the band felt a lot looser and things gelled better at night, which makes sense because they mm-hmm. run through the whole thing. So most of the film and the, the CDs or recordings that went with it are from the evening show. Now there were a few things that didn't make the that they played that didn't make the film didn't make the album even, mm-hmm. which one of which was uh, they did a sort of what what is described as a creaky version <laughs> of "Hear Me Hear, Lord." Hear Me Lord, that's right. Yeah, uh, a yeah, strange a choice, a creaky version. <laughs> strange <laughs> choice for a concert like this, but yeah. And then they did uh, Dylan had swapped out a song which eventually would make the uh, DVD, which was, uh, I think, Love Minus Zero. If it's on the DVD for un, uh, unreleased recordings. So that there was a performance, a video of him performing. It's not on the, the CD. It came you, out on the, the film. Now, you have the DVD? Yes, I do. Good, because I don't. Watched it all again last night. Yep. It was very difficult to find. Yes. You can find it sort of fall off a bus style on Vimeo kind of formatted poorly Mm. with none of the extras, none of the documentary or anything like that. And you can almost find anything on YouTube that's like in a terrible, bad quality, bad quality. Uh, And I watched a couple, there was a couple interviews here or there, a little part of some show or something where they were uh, sort of pseudo document, short documentaries. Mm -hmm. But of course, I saw the 1971 documentary uh, that I was talking about earlier, and they they covered it there, and I did be, I was able to watch it. But otherwise, I I don't have it on vinyl, and I wasn't there. There has not been a reissue of it since on vinyl. No, since the 70s, and I I don't think there will be. Well, that's that's a question I'm curious about because they did the 2005. I didn't buy the CDs. I have the I have my old CD here. This is from I don't know whenever the first first version came out. So it must have been the eighties or early nineties. Yeah. Uh, and then they re released it, like I said, in two thousand five with the DVD. And then it's been nada since. And yeah. well, look at this, Dave. And you look, look at that look at that snazzy cassette version. It's a wow. Cassette. And the little booklet that came with the cassette. Nice. And I couldn't find the second part of the cassette. Oh no! <laughs> so this is the this is number two that has starts with "Here Comes the Sun" and goes through Bangladesh. But I oh. did find this, Dave. Which found... is me having uh, probably rented the CDs from the library. Yeah. And put them on a separate cassette. Why mm. I did that? If I had this, 
Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, because I'd already lost the first cassette, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, who knows? But yeah, so it's uh, not red. Uh, point being, and it's not streaming. The film no. is not streaming. Mm-mm. So it's not readily available right now. No. And even I feel like the... The 2005 version that I was the the DVD that I have the the first, there's two DVDs one is the the regular original concert and the second one is this about 45 minute documentary with interviews from all the big people in it and then uh, the unreleased songs which has come on in my kitchen which is a rehearsal it has love minus zero from Dylan. Is it oh, if not, not for you, if, if not, not for, you. for you, yeah, with George yeah. and Bob, which is that is on YouTube. I know that's there, and that that is good. And then it has some other other small feature things, but the the documentary is pretty good. Uh, it was it, uh, there's interviews from George by audio because it was after he died. You have Ringo, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, Leon Russell, who looks pretty crazy in the video uh <laughs> and then neil aspinall and some producers so kind of a, a whole group of people and uh, so it's it's worth taking a look at but i feel like now they could make a better print of it maybe if i don't know if maybe there are already so many problems with the film but it is a little still kind of grainy on the dvd well maybe we can free up peter jackson to yeah. uh, go back into the yep. footage and next project restore restore the footage for yeah concert for bangladesh because it does it does have those difficulties where it's kind of hard to find but like i said you can find it and you can find a really terrible <laughs> audio from somebody in the audience of both shows which would include the creaky oh hear me lord <laughs> and, and <laughs> And uh, uh, some things like that uh, hmm. uh, with it. How is the now? This uh, I want, want to get into this topic a little bit. How is the if not for you? And why do you think they didn't do if not for you during the show? Mm. It's great. It's a rehearsal, and that also there's a little bit of debate about if George was really that worried that Bob was going to show up because they did have a rehearsal, so Bob was kind of on board but i guess he's still they were still a little worried backstage but it's a wonderful version we know george loved the song obviously because he recorded it for all things must pass and it's a a a nice recording they're they smile a lot you can tell they're enjoying each other's company and they sound good so I, i watch that on youtube if you've not seen it it's the backstage version well, I think I think that would have been a like such a great yeah. moment if it was in the actual concert. Instead, we have to the only the only duet that we're uh, left with is "Beware of Darkness." Right, <laughs> right. We'll get to that. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to bring up, just with that Dylan thing, is you you have the Dylan you bought the Dylan CD that came out recently, which is Dylan 1970. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's a it, how many how much him and George is there. Well, so there's a, if here's a plug here. If you'll be able to read a review, I wrote a review of it for a journal called Dylan Review, which I'll I'll link when we get that out there. Uh, I'm but, so proud of my myself for expertly accidentally setting up that plug. That, th- thank you. That <laughs> that couldn't have been time better. That was perfectly said. Uh, but it's he plays on a 
a lot of the songs they did a session it was may 1st 1970 he plays on a lot of the tunes but it's barely audible most of the time and you can hardly tell that it's him singing i think he sings on nine nine songs of the almost 18 it's it's a lot but it's not not a great set i would say it's more interesting for dylan fans because there's a lot of uh, stuff for new morning and self-portrait and things like that but the yeah. george it, most beetle fans i think would be disappointed by the george contributions yeah okay well that's good to know because I, I i was like we're never going to get to a full review of that yeah Beatles wise but i know there's been some curiosity out there about the george contributions on that so maybe not worth no on the buying the three cds which is the only way you can get it that's right, right. Now, purchasing the cds if you want a version of if not for you you can go to the dylan bootleg series volumes one to three there's the mm-hmm. there's a version with george on it and he's yes, playing slide yeah. and that's that's a good version that's really good yeah. and it's quite similar to how uh dylan did it for a while the cool thing if you really like if not for you and i know both you and i love that song there are three different styles of it on that dylan album so he he really experiments a lot with the song yeah uh i did want to bring up one last thing before we get to the Mm -hmm. properly going through i think we'll just go through the yeah let's do it uh uh, list uh and that's the dylan will be doing a have you heard of uh uh, that he's going to be doing an online concert on july 18th at 5 p.m eastern Dave, which I okay. think is a Saturday afternoon, all right, 4 p.m. Central, and it's through the uh, website veeps.com, which I've actually used before to watch a Band of Horses concert. I like Band of Horses, very good, very good uh, group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually it's pretty pretty cool. So I I would say if you're a huge Dylan fan and you think it's worth listening to him live now, <laughs> post lockdown post lockdown then that's available to you okay great. <laughs> i'm not going to be purchasing it no me neither i i think you may might playing live might not be the um the form for dylan moving forward but yeah that's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah could be iffy now he did sound great back on this concert so we'll dig yes. into that so we'll uh you want to start from uh, the beginning here with this concert. It starts uh, disc one or with George Harrison, Ravi Shankar introduction. And then yeah. you have the Indian music. So like his 74 concert, uh, Ravi Shankar had a, a segment on the concert. And this uh, beginning, this one is famous because uh, the, they, they were tuning and, yeah, right yeah. at the beginning of the film, <laughs> yeah, you see he they're tuning, and then they get a round of applause yeah. for the tuning. Yeah, and then what's he say? He says, like, uh, "If you like the tuning that much, I hope you like the playing more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and of course it also has George uh, saying like, "Hey everybody, uh, I hope you uh, like will behave basically yes. behave yourself and and." give the Indian music some respect here, exactly which I think maybe in this in the uh, from what I read in the afternoon or in the later concert some people weren't part, bits of the Indian music weren't weren't coming through the speakers I think mm, mm. and so and some people were kind of like not 
kind of tuning out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Indian music just in general, Dave? I mean, we never really talked about that. No, we haven't really. I like it a lot when it's uh, solo like this, and I think this is the version that's in this movie is really exciting and uh, extremely well performed and mm-hmm. uh, very engaging. I, I, I actually I like Indian music quite a bit, so this this hits hits all the buttons. I find it less interesting in the Beatles in when it's merged with the yeah. uh, with popular music. I kind of like it on its own. There's a there's a um, sort of a meditative quality definitely that gets lost when you blend it into rock music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and it becomes sort of like. I mean, the Beatles probably did it the best, but yeah. you can hear it in other music where it's sort of like kitschy yeah, or something, very, like a little, very like a little uh, exotic. Not, yeah. not quite. Yeah, not quite cultural appropriation, but th- that to some extent mm-hmm. of like the worst parts of like ding dong ding ding ding. You know, yeah, it's like, got to sound Indian. Let's let's just have somebody just do 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 play some sitar or something on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, indie music, I, I just find to be really great. And so, yeah, this week listening to this, I probably listened to uh, Bangla Doon <laughs> yeah. three or four times. Yeah, uh, and uh, perfect for uh, cooking. <laughs> oh yeah, it it doesn't get boring, and it's it's great. Like that, if you watch the video, they're at the end. They're just in such in sync, a la Raka, and uh, they're they're just so together. Uh, I think. I think they're just thinking now why it doesn't work as well in pop music. And a part of it's because the music is improvised so much or it's, it, it's mm-hmm. meant to be extended. And if you cram it into a three minute pop song, it kind of loses something and gets that exotic flavor like you're talking about. But here it seems like the perfect length and yeah. It, and the audience seemed to really dig it. So a uh, uh, wonderful section. And uh, the first performance in the early concert Apparently this that's where the big standing mm-hmm. ovation and everything co- comes from that the uh, audience in the first in the afternoon show like really got into it and really enjoyed the performance. So yeah, Ravi Shankar thumbs way up. Yeah, always, always uh, have great respect for him. Absolutely, and, and uh, he has to be here because it was his idea in a sense to get this whole thing started. So he's fitting that he starts it out. The that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I f- did you feel like some of the uh, choices of the song choices and and things like that obviously the <laughs> we'll get to Bangladesh yeah <laughs> which is <laughs> the most straight straight line to mm-hmm. the uh, but do you feel like some of the other song choices were hinting at uh, or at least uh, a paying tribute to the situation. Hmm. Maybe I, in a sense, kind of abstractly, I think some of the George songs, almost all of George's songs are from all things must pass or apart from his couple of hits. Uh, so they're all pretty new songs. They're very spiritual songs that he's picking like my sweet Lord or beware of darkness, mystical awaiting on you all. So I'm not sure is anything direct. Maybe young blood's not. Uh, (laughs) No. Then you have the other side of it, which is just the hits or the, but I think George, George has a mysticism about him all the time, and it certainly is here. And and it's a great moment when you hear that opening to Wawa, and then the lights come on, and then oh, there yeah. they are. 
Well, that's the that's the next uh, the next. Here they are. Here they yeah. do. Wawa, my sweet lord, which I guess they didn't do in the first no. show. And awaiting on on you all, and they're all three of them are just be- best live versions ever. Yeah. Just like fantastic versions. Totally. Yeah. Of, of all three. Yeah, Wawa here. This live version of Wawa is probably the best. I can't imagine anything topping it. No, that's out there. Well, um, we should say that there's now apart from those great musicians we mentioned, there's all these other musicians on stage. So you've got the a horn section, a live horn section with Jim Horn. You've got mm-hmm. these background singers that George describes as being from all parts of the world. I don't know what that means, but there are, there's a whole background chorus of kind of ragtag singers and. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, bad finger. Yeah, bad exactly. Bad finger with the four acoustic guitars. guitars, Not sure if you can hear them, but it's bad finger. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this kind of acoustic uh, mat of sound going to. So it's a really full sound. Two drummers, Jim Keltner and Ringo, and just a lot of stuff. Well, a keyboardist too. Mm-hmm. With, uh, yeah. Uh, Have we haven't mentioned which him yet? We're about to mention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? We forgot to mention Billy Preston. That's right. That's that's where our favorite line comes from. The introductions right before Billy uh, starts here. Uh, before we get to Billy, I wanted to ask you. You know, EC was having a lot of issues, and I guess there was a story that he had tried to find somebody to score him some heroin, but it didn't come through. So he was not doing well uh, but he looks he l- doesn't look great and he's he talks about how he made it very hard for himself playing this big hollow body guitar and he, yeah. it's like very difficult to play and he's just like smoking every actually do you notice everyone is smoking on stage constantly <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh totally different era yeah totally different era. completely yeah but how do you what do you think of ec so far on yeah, he probably if I mean, he does just fine in like say my while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah, a couple other spots, but he's the if I don't, I don't know, you know, he just obviously was struggling. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to ding him too too hard for trying to stop doing heroin. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, he's he's obviously. Uh, not great, yeah. but you know, <laughs> hey, hey, if you're gonna uh, be sick and on stage, at least uh, playing guitar, it's a good you can way get to... away with it. Yeah, you know, which if he, he if he did sung a song, it might just mm. be there forever as like the a low point of EC career. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, he maybe he's in he was in the best spot that he could be. So yeah. So then you've got those introductions, and he. What do you think of the introductions that George gives? You've got his some some funny lines in there, like Klaus Vorm. Here's a guy that you a lot of you have heard about, but never actually but seen never him. Actually seen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have heard of him. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, uh, on guitar, Mr. Jesse Ed Davis. And yep. uh, what? Else, who else does he say? Uh, well, the yeah, the Hollywood horns. Uh, Leon. You'll see yeah, Leon, Leon Russell. Russell. Yeah. Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ringo. Oh, well, uh, jumping back just a little bit. Yeah. So, so they do Wawa 
my sweet lord awaiting you on you all. Uh, great version of that. Billy Preston does his song, That's the Way God Planned It, mm-hmm. which we talked about way back when we talked uh, Billy Preston uh, when we were doing our Apple Scruffs yes. series. Yeah. And uh, this is a phenomenal version of That's the Way God Planned It, and it particularly uh, <laughs> try to try to get your eyes on the video. Yes. Because he, he gets the spirit moves him. <laughs> Towards the end of that's the way God planned it, and goes from the keyboard up to the feet, and just can't help but be dancing around, and jumping around. Yep. And he's jumping around, and and he start, you start to see George kind of jumping around while playing guitar. It's kind of it's a great little moment there of like exuberance and fun, and uh, you can really tell that George and and Billy are, are good friends and oh yeah, entertain each other, and uh, and then Ringo comes. And apparently that's the biggest, uh, so I read in one of these articles, I read that the biggest clause all day was Ringo when he starts mm-hmm. singing. And he does it, don't come easy, but he like, <laughs> has some really troubles. kind of botches a lot yeah. of the lyrics. Like, <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of uh, Boys. Instead, you have no lyrics. You just go, oh. And he's got something like that here. Oh, da, da, growing all the time. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he's sort of Eddie Lapp. You can see him in the video. He smiles over at Jim Keltner. Kind of like, yeah. okay, I know. I don't remember the lyrics at all. They didn't have monitors on stage with the lyrics. So it's, uh, he's just going by memory. But but it's good. It's fun. And the horns sound cool with the do-do-do-do-do in the background. The real <laughs> horns. Yep. So Ringo does a good job. And then we get a Beware of Darkness with George, of course, singing, you know, great song. And mm-hmm. then, but the third third verse, get a little, take it now, beware, take care what all you reap does. <laughs> little what Leon. Of, what do you think of Leon Russell? Are you a big Leon Russell? Uh, Not really. Not a big fan of the swamp rock kind of genre. Yes. The, the My least favorite thing, I think many people's probably least favorite thing on this, which compared to the rest of the album, it's like all-star, all-time yeah. great performances, is the Jumpin' Jack Flash Youngblood medley. And especially the... <laughs> I looked at that little girl and I'm telling her... You better stay away from me, little girl. I can't touch you. <laughs> and I looked at her real slow, real soft, real <laughs> sweet. I got a woman with me back home. I gotta get back to you. Sorry. Sorry, I can't touch your little girl. It's, it's disgusting, for one thing. The, the, the song Youngblood. I mean, apparently, you know, the young song Youngblood on its own is fine. But yeah, the Beatles like, sang it, and it was fine. With the, with the uh, sort of like uh, <laughs> sleazy kind of like. And how he connected Jumpin' Jack Flash and Youngblood in this kind of manner is yeah. very bizarre. Yeah, uh, it's not. Uh, I'm. I'm. We're making. We're having a light of it. It's not a bad performance, and it's no. Generally, it's a decent. I mean, I, I never fast forwarded through it, which we have to fast forward with. Yeah, on your cassette so, there. Let it play anyway. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, it's not a terrible performance or anything. But I don't need nine minutes of Leon Russell. <laughs> You know, I could get another George or Dylan tune in there. I know. Give me Love Minus Zero and cut the Leon yeah. to me. 
So. Yeah, I, I think Leon's big strength to me is the piano playing. I think that adds a, a very cool vibe to a lot of the performances. Like you said, having two keyboardists, having an organist, Billy's amazing. And then you have the piano, and Leon's a great piano player. So uh, that, to me, adds something. And he, it's, a, it's an acquired taste, I think, if you like that style. He did an album with Elton John somewhat before he died, and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, you know, yeah. it, was, it was pretty decent. But he was a hot thing at the time. So I think George was. Uh, it made sense that uh, he was involved and played on some of his songs, and, and he played with Dylan too, obviously. So that was kind of the thing. But yeah, so right before that on the album, you get the while my guitar gently weeps guitar duo, guitar duet here and duel uh, between George and EC. Yeah, which is great, but and also if you think about it, has to be the first live performance of yep. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And Here Comes the Sun, uh, which I think is the first live performance of yeah. Here Comes the Sun ever. Yeah, yeah. And something later too. Exactly. So these, these are three Beatles uh classics, usually in the top ten or twenty uh, Beatles songs anybody ever talks about. And here we get the first ever live performances of all three, and I think all three are uh, phenomenally yes. uh, well done. I like the guitar playing on While My Guitar at the end. You have uh, the George and Eric going back and forth, and George, is, he always looks so shy up there. His back is to the audience most of the time when he's playing, He whereas EC's right in front because he's clapped in his god. But George is always more reserved and very kind of kind of shy about it. But they sound great, and there's a, a great moment where I was, you're watching Ringo and George playing it together. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is pretty cool here to see the two of them, the first time both of them had played it live, ever. So, um, yeah, for, for all this shyness, though, I feel like he commands the stage pretty well. I, part, of, part of it is just picking that most beautiful outfit <laughs> yeah. you could ever imagine that red shirt too yeah the red shirt under the white suit with the kind of bell-bottom legs to it I yeah think. Uh, um, <laughs> and the big fat all things must pass beard oh yeah huge beard mm-hmm. and then you know he's just so even if he even if his back's to the audience he's just like standing out the whole time yeah very much so do you, do you think some of his stage shyness must have come from all of his Beatlemania trauma? Probably. That he probably had never dealt with. Yeah. I, I yeah, it was probably he had to meditate the rest of his life <laughs> yeah. just to get over to get past. Yeah, cuz you have that line where the we gave the the Beatles gave everybody their nervous systems and that yeah. You know, so I'm sure it was traumatic and that was the, part of the issue with Dylan is that Dylan kept saying oh i don't want to come i don't know it's i'm i'm scary i'm not sure about this and he's like excuse me I, 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 this is not my thing either you've at least been a solo act you you you've been on stage many times by yourself i haven't this is my first yeah. time so yeah. uh, but i think he yeah he's he's very attractive on stage because of his look his aura and it comes through on those three songs he plays uh, here comes the sun is a really nice version with pete ham just two acoustic guitars. What do you think of that version? Oh, just be- wonderful. Yeah. Wonderfully yeah. done. Probably that and the time that he did it uh, on uh, SNL with... Uh, yeah, Paul Simon. Paul Simon, I think, was a, a spectacular mm-hmm. uh, performance as well. But yeah, a real, real great version. 
and Pete Ham does a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, apparently you look down at this set list and it says Bob question <laughs> mark. Exactly. Like to bring out a friend of us all, Mr. Bob Dylan. <laughs> a friend of us all. Yeah. And then here comes Dylan in his yep. jean jacket and denim, and he's got his Martin D28. And... Scared scared to death. Yep. You could tell kind of the first moment or two he's fidgety. He's yeah, fumbling around. fidgety, mm-hmm. scared Dylan. Dylan's never really... I think maybe the uh, Rolling Thunder review mm. where he's able to wear a little weird makeup. Yeah, costumes. Uh, is probably the most outgoing he ever was. Yeah. On stage, he's gotten less and less outgoing as oh, yeah. the years have gone on. <laughs> he kind of hides back there behind his keyboard and mm-hmm. makes sure his face isn't real big. Yeah. Projected all over the st- stadium or anything. But here he's, you know, for being quote unquote rusty, I think he has a, a tremendous run right here. Yeah. Uh, great performances. What do you think of the the accompanying ensemble here. So you've got Ringo on tambourine, George on electric guitar, and Leon Russell on bass. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, they do they do a fine job. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we've got of those songs, we've got Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, that's the first one. It takes a lot to laugh, it takes a train to cry, blowing in the wind, Mr. Tambourine Man. Uh, and I'm just reading off the CD here. And then they finish with Just Like a Woman. Yeah. Like I said, great run. He, he By the end, uh, seems triumphant. Yes. A- apparently, after the first show, him and George were, like, thrilled with how it went <laughs> and suggested making a couple changes to make it even better for the next show. And I apparently, after the second show, uh, Dylan's, like, triumphantly, <laughs> like, fist-pumping up into the crowd. Yeah. Stuff. And he wanted so, a third one. He asked George, "Can we do a third? So uh, yeah, <laughs> he was back. So, yeah. so that's great. That's uh, uh, fantastic. That that it it sort of boosts per- perfect thing when you're com- kind of uh, uh, a little lost your confidence a little mm-hmm. bit coming off the bench to be able to just come into this situation. Nothing you can do is going to be wrong no. here, and just kind of knock out some of the most most uh famous songs of yours and just play a few of them and and get great uh reaction from so yeah yeah there are two two things uh in the the documentary jan wenner the i don't know if he still is but the former editor of rolling stone was there at the concert and he talks about how that was such a surprise to everybody in the audience that just like all of a sudden bob dylan is here and it just everybody was just it was madhouse uh when he showed up and then for me my favorite moment is the is just like a woman which is a great song anyway but watching george leon and bob sharing a microphone singing it oh wow harmonies are great and it's so beautifully done and oh it's great a beetle and bob dylan wow wow oh absolutely yeah that a great moment great moment so um and then it wraps up with something, and then uh, Dave, a song I, I've <laughs> talked many times that how much I love, yeah, Bangladesh, and a, a particularly the live version, which I feel like gets it's and particularly in the film, it's just like very stirring. And um, when Harrison walks off after he's sang the la- the last bit, 
and the audience yeah. basically applauds from then on. Yep. And that's um, where the the credits come in the movie. Yeah. And you get some some pictures of the horrors that were going on and the the like hey, here's what we're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just very moving to me. It's just very uh very wonderful. Mm-hmm. So uh um yeah, I I like that. So what do you think I don't really what do you think of that song? Uh it was a it was a right for a purpose kind of song, so it does what it's supposed to. I I always find it funny how he says he makes bangala into three syllables <laughs> instead of like we would say Bangladesh. Uh, but it 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 works and I like the chords and kind of a grim song, but it's a grim topic and yeah, I, I agree with you. The studio version is a little tepid, but I yeah. think the the live version is just full out, and everybody's on stage, and it's they're they're going for it. Yeah, and the saxophones yeah. really wailing, and then I particularly the part parts where and the best part of the song to me is the um, chord progression, particularly the yeah yeah yeah, just oh. very stirring kind mm-hmm. of uh, thing. And of course, we've t- talked many times about pleading George. What's more pleading George? Him <laughs> actually pleading. Yes. Literally pleading for help for other people. I mean, what what could be better? This so. is the definition of pleading George, right here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So. No, it's a good. It's a good. It's it's a perfect song for this occasion. So, really, you could not a. Leon Russell aside, not a bum note or a bum song here at all. Everything is just like I kept, like I keep saying, is the stars aligning, everybody playing well, playing their hits, playing their songs at the moment, and 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 having a good spirit about it. So yeah, and it was produced by the. You mentioned the movie had Alan Klein, and then Phil Spector was involved in the production of the CD or the recording. Now we got a 2005 remaster on CD, which added that "Love Minus Zero No Limit," mm-hmm. and then you get the 40th anniversary reissue 2011, which was download only, which mm. now is is not great. Which was, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Bangladesh, but you can't get it streaming anywhere, Dave. No, no, and yeah, so that's frustrating. I would like to be able to stream it. Mm-hmm. And you would think that the streaming would. Uh, raise some money yeah. too so why is it not streaming i don't know and the film's not streaming either nope now it was i think a few years ago there was like a day that it was free to stream hmm. all day for 24 hours i remember it because i, I watched it mm-hmm. i was like oh i'm gonna watch it today because i don't have it on dvd but since that 2005 dvd release no dvd release um well, um, we've oh. we've expressed our our dissatisfaction with the Harrison releases before, so this just seems yeah. to be part and parcel of it. Well, I wonder if this will will get a release. I think maybe not. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're going to concentrate probably on the main George albums, which uh, of course we heard the news that the, yeah. the All Things Must Pass is coming out. We're going to have a separate. Uh, uh, episode or that we've uh, recorded on uh, uh, that news. Um, couple other, couple oh, other. Uh, one, one, one thing before we forget about that. Do you think maybe that it won't be re-released because as we get to the 
you know, kind of discussing the aftermath of the concert, there was a lot of legal problems. And maybe with all these separate artists, you know, with different companies and signed with different organizations, maybe that's the problem. I wonder about that because I know that that holds up certain other things from streaming when there's a use of a lot of different music that was in, for instance, the TV, one of my favorite all time TV shows is a TV show called Ed that was on NBC starring Tom Cavanaugh. And I've, and it's other than airing on TV, it's never been re-released. It's never been released on DVD, Blu-ray, never streaming Hmm. and it's all because of music rights issues wow wow so i and that would become an issue here we'll get into that in just Mm -hmm. a moment two other things i wanted to say one is the packaging which i think they did a wonderful job the lettering and in the film too they did a wonderful job with the lettering and with the in the in the credits there's uh, pictures of sort of like shadowy pictures of the performers yeah. with their names and i think that the lettering and, and everything's really well done with all of the uh material the booklet that comes with the um <laughs> cassettes which i'm sure is the same booklet that you have there does a good job of explaining the the issue yes too. yeah there's an essay right at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah so i think that that's important to like read through that and everything and uh does a a good job of uh showing some pictures including a great picture of uh i like that i was just looking at that one with phil specter and george phil's (laughs) what's he doing there (laughs) wearing ridiculous glasses uh (laughs) as he is uh often does but Mm -hmm. uh yeah so good good job with the packaging and all that and the poster and uh all, all those uh, types of things. And the three-album set, which I've seen in stores, which I did not purchase, because I am kind of hoping, holding out hope, maybe I yeah. like to buy new vinyl if I can, rather than very good 1970 vinyl. <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I I doubt it'll be re-released. I don't think so. I, I, I think that's probably what it is. And that's kind of... I mean, we talk about, let's talk about a little bit about the aftermath of it because it did make a lot of money. And, yeah. but what happened to, as you would expect, is it easy well, to just give all the money to Bangladesh? Well, UNICEF? apparently, what, what happened was that the ticket receipts totaled up to a certain amount and they were able to get that right away. Mm-hmm. But the, the receipt, the money that was made from the vinyl set and all that, got held up in some sort of like issues because of tax mm-hmm. issues. And so that the, and why was it? Because who screwed it up, Dave? Let me guess. Who's uh, always to blame when there's something wrong with the Beatles? Easy, easy guess would be Alan Klein. Alan Klein. Alan Klein didn't register the event ahead of time with UNICEF. So that it would be a benefit. So then it was denied tax exempt status by mm. the government. And so then most of the money was held up by the IRS for 10 years. <laughs> this is people dying and desperate for money. So now they did eventually get it released 
it was something like ten million dollars eventually got released. But stupid Alan Klein, <laughs> very expensive error. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's uh, yeah. So a big mess there, and you can read all about that uh, somewhere in line there. So mm-hmm. uh, whole thing about the funds being messed up by Alan Klein. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll do an Alan. I'm thinking Beetle Friends yes. episode. We might have to put quotes around that one for Friends. <laughs> We'll go through Alan Klein and his the many ways when he where he yeah. messed things up for multiple Beatles and a couple of funny stories here. So the the sound crew, I guess they used the band sound crew. So that was that was good and the sound is great on the yes, uh, uh, wonderfully done, uh, well recorded audio, everything perfect as far as that goes. But to get the what happened with Stephen Stills? Today? <laughs> you have that story, right? Yes, yeah. So the story goes that uh, Stephen Stills, who was at Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young at that time, was doing a couple concerts before, and he had sold out Madison Square Garden two days before on July thirtieth, and so he thought, oh, well, George's like, oh, could we borrow some of your, your stuff? So the stage, sound, lighting system, and production manager. So like, okay, sounds good. I'll give it to you. Uh, but then he was angry because George, quote, neglected to invite him to perform, mention his name, or say thank you. <laughs> and then the story goes that Stephen Stills then spent the show drunk in Ringo's dressing room barking at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's a good story. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, the other story, I think, is from right after the concert. Right there, yes, a yeah, party the party or something mm-hmm. afterwards. The after and, after concert party. And I know that there was the the you mentioned a uh, uh, one moment from it was that uh, Dylan was elated and uh, picked George up. I guess yeah. off the, off the ground, which you you don't think of Dylan. No, being no. Very, exuberant like that and said like we should have done three shows yeah. <laughs> uh, you know uh was ready ready to perform again and i guess he played some tunes at the party or something mm-hmm. some people played some tunes at the party but who 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 else was there <laughs> well we've talked about him before in relation to ringo uh he's a, he's also a drummer and a, a kind of notorious party guy uh, and reckless uh couldn't hold his liquor too well keith moon from the who and what did what did keeth moon do yeah probably uh ran people out of the place i think got got them kicked out yes the party shut down yes he smashed the drum set that was at the restaurant which belonged to <laughs> yes. which belonged to one of the members of badfinger the <laughs> <laughs> so bad figures like hey hey what are you doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it got Probably kicked didn't out didn't pay him back for it either no guessing not guessing not so <laughs> some classic keith moon behavior here yet what you know what strikes me as weird is there's no book on this concert or there's no you think there would be there's so many so many stories just in our in our hour here talking about it there's just so much stuff there's not i would expect there to be a book about this yeah. whole thing well, I read so many just articles. Yeah. There's there's like three separate Wikipedia because there's one for the concert, there's one for the film, and there's one for the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wikipedia articles, uh, which have a lot of links to other stories. Yeah. About the thing, and then there's 
like I said, there's these little snippets in documentaries, but there's not a well, other than the one that comes with the DVD, there's not a full documentary about it. Right. It. So that's a possibility. They could do they could do a documentary about yeah. the movie and release it and the movie and, you know, maybe make some more money for uh UNICEF. You know, this continues to raise some money mm-hmm. for UNICEF, but not necessarily for Bangladesh at this point. I don't I don't believe. But yeah. uh anything else on that well i one thing that is interesting dave is that this uh, obviously this was the first concert like this and would lead to other concerts and other charity singles one of which is we are the world and why, yes. why am i bringing up we are the world dave uh i don't know tell me because because bob dylan was in it because uh, <laughs> well bob dylan was in it and and we talk about Bob Dylan, and we talk about We Are the World on the debut of announcing right now for the first time. Well, we we're also gonna we also probably announced it if you heard our uh, our June news briefs briefs episode. But if you missed that, just wanted to mention our new YouTube channel launching July first called Song Album Career. Where Dave and I are going to be talking, and a video of us, you'll yeah. be able to see us. Scary, for the first time, very frightening. Yeah. <laughs> um, in each episode, we talk about either a song or an album or a career, and the very first one, the song that we're going to talk about is "We Are the World." Get a lot of hilarious uh, <laughs> stuff out of that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the first uh, album we talk about is the uh, Sufi and Stevens the album The Ascension, and the first career we talk about is uh, Velvet Underground. So uh, pretty much all three of those episodes will be out sometime in July, but the very first uh, flush of videos. <laughs> and, and you know, if you if you and there'll be lo- longer episodes, but there'll also be some shorter clips. So if you if you just have the three to f- two, two to five minutes to watch uh, a short YouTube video, there'll be some of those out. But uh, if you follow us here, obviously you might be interested in that material. And I think we're going to be talking some Dylan coming up. We're going to be talking some Joni Mitchell. We're going to be. Ta- it's a. It's a nice opportunity for us to talk non-Beatles. Yeah, if you've ever wondered what we listen to and talk about besides the Beatles, uh, this is going to be a good venue for that. And Chris has done tremendous work uh, getting things ready on the video side, so I think you'll really enjoy the finished product. And uh, we'll we're not doesn't mean we're we're not stopping the Beatles uh, the podcast at all. So uh, yeah. just gonna just adding to the the I've got a Beatles podcast family here with with the YouTube one. Yeah. So I thought it was uh, strange that we, you know, sort of lined up with the concert for Bangladesh being a charity thing. I was like, oh, we talked about another charity thing yeah. on, on this thing. So, um, so if you if you uh, uh, are so inclined, please uh, go and give us a likes and subscribe. Usually, you I I know this is all, <laughs> but I'm pointing down. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash that like button. And so, yeah, it's a it's it's gonna it's a nice uh, project for us to add to what we're doing here. But it's not gonna slow us down from. We've probably recorded more Beatles than we have those yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. From when we started that, but we'll be doing some more of that. And and 
I think there'll be some other projects coming up too that'll be interesting, but don't don't have anything to imminently announce on on that. But just trying to grow everything a little bit, and with all this uh, quarantining and working from home, <laughs> it just gives you a little extra time to do some some things like this. Uh, I think it's like a, a great thing. Yeah, it is, and so it should be a lot of fun. And look for info on that. We'll post it on our facebook page and uh, give you all the info when it's uh, ready to go so that's right in the meantime this has been fun enjoyed talking yeah. about uh, counts for bangladesh it's a absolute essential concert performance historical event uh, everything around it is uh, fantastic and really interesting story-wise so go check it out in whatever way you can uh, i have the old 71 lps but I, it's falling apart so I'm done, yeah. i don't i don't open it very much but that's the other thing is finding a good copy of yeah, it now yeah. on lp is is rough there was one over at the store but it's like you know a three set like that is like 60 bucks or mm -hmm. something now and that's only very in very good it's probably still got some scratches and stuff yeah rips and things yeah because yeah, people just don't take good care no so no um, and it's I old could use, i could use a reissue of it on vinyl they i mean they i, I i'm not gonna hold my breath no um no. and they don't seem to be moored to uh anniversaries since we're getting the all things must <laughs> pass on the 51st anniversary yeah yeah of it but uh if you haven't heard the news on all things must pass uh listen to our separate news episode right now about all things we'll tell you about all things must pass we'll tell you about the beatles documentary we'll tell you about paul one two three <laughs> what, what's that what's that uh, mccartney one two three and uh um yeah so check out that episode as well terrific well thanks for listening as always and uh, enjoy uh concert for bangladesh if you haven't spun in a while and we will be back at you soon with a new episode